I'm Trish. And I'm Thaddeus, and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. We're here today to talk about, unfortunately, things that are happening in our world today, and not just our world, but our home state, places that we spend a lot of our time. Because he, as in George Floyd, can't breathe, we can, and we want to be a voice for him, and we will use our voice to speak out. The hard part about this is we want to be relevant in what we talk about. Uh, We don't want to use it as a platform to get more listeners or anything like that, Uh, but we feel that we can't just stay silent either because that's a big part of the problem. I'll I'll start with the fact that if you don't know, last Monday on Memorial Day, George Floyd was being arrested and ultimately died during the arrest and the police officer held him down with his on his neck with his knee. He was pleading with him, pleading that he couldn't breathe. People were pleading with the officers on the scene and they would not let up until he had passed out. And it did not appear that he was struggling or resisting at that point in time. So that's what we're talking about. But in all reality, it's not just George Floyd. It's it's a systemic thing of racism in our country that dates back hundreds of years. We are just feeling like, even though we really are having a hard time ourselves processing through the George Floyd stuff and all of the racism that we've seen and we've felt over the last week. Honestly, it's caused me to feel super depressed. And I think the depression comes from, first of all, on Monday, last Monday when all this happened, Thaddeus asked me, hey, did you see what's happening? And I I was like, "I, I I haven't seen it. And then he was like, well, there's a video that's out circulating of a man being murdered on the streets um, by a police officer. And he went in to tell me about it. And I am like very, I think we talked about this a week or two ago, how um, I'll be watching something on TV and it'll make me cry. And I go to Thaddeus, I said, I can't even handle it when it's fake on the television. I cannot bring myself to watch it in real life and in a real life person getting murdered on on TV or on social media, on the social media platform that he was wanting me to watch it on. And, um, and honestly, I still haven't seen the video because I do not want to, I've seen a picture and I tell you when I saw the picture, I bawled. And so just sit and watch a video of it to me would just be even, even worse. And I'm not, I'm not watching the video because I want to ignore the problem. I'm not watching the video because it is a problem and it is murder and I don't want to watch somebody being murdered. We're coming to you with, you know, a 20-ish minute podcast and there's so much more to be said and done than that, but we really feel we need to acknowledge it and we need to talk about it and not be silent as two 30-something white people you know, I grew up in a predominantly white community. I don't recall racism as a young boy. Um, the 
African Americans, the black people, or Native Americans, or any other race in my town, I I, I knew people, um, but I didn't see racism firsthand. And it doesn't mean they weren't experiencing it. Me as a as a young man, I, I'm a, I'm a white man, and I've never felt prejudiced against for being white. And that's what's wrong with this. And I'm not saying that every everyone in the country is prejudiced against black people or whatever race, right? And I'm not saying, I'm not going to be somebody, we don't want to get into political debates either. I will say this, black lives matter. And I'm saying black lives matter, not because other lives don't, but because that is the problem right now. And so my experience growing up was far different than Thaddeus's. As a, so when I was a young girl, well, my whole upbringing, my dad was a pastor and he'd church planted all over. And my really formative years, I lived in on a farm until I was four. But then after that, we moved up to the cities to do inner city, plant churches in the inner city. And... Um, I didn't really even notice a difference, to be honest with you. Like to me, it was just another another church and, and different people, even though they're very different than people that I had known in my very, very early years of, of farmers and stuff. Of course, this was very different culture. And, and to me, I didn't really notice the difference. And then I can remember my first experience with racism was when I was outside with a bunch of my friends at church and we were just playing and doing what little kids do. And I remember this group of people coming up with socks full of rocks and throwing them at the black kids and not even really fully understanding myself in the moment what was happening, that these kids were being specifically targeted. Like I was just very naive. I was probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight in that age range. And that was my first encounter of really witnessing racism. And then of course, several times throughout the rest of my life, just seeing it firsthand so much, so much. But that was the moment my eyes really awoken to it. And I remember my parents kind of explaining it to me what had happened. And I just remember feeling really angry. And like, I am, I was a tomboy through and through in, in my younger years. And so of course, I wanted to fight the people that were like in teenagers and I was this little girl that were, were hurting these kids and stuff. Um, not anyways, not in any way understanding what was happening. I just look at this whole situation and there's a lot of questions to be answered still. We're recording this on Sunday and we've in our mind wanting to record our episodes on like a Friday release on Tuesday well with everything that was going on and we knew we needed to say something and and we wanted to see what else was going to happen and what else was going to stem from this and well and honestly I was just too depressed to talk about it like it really hit me hard yeah right I mean we could have we could have uh swept it under the rug and just tried to talk about something else but we we felt that we needed to say something and if we did it too soon it may have been, you know, not valid. There's a lot that's happened in Minneapolis, St. Paul, surrounding communities that it all stemmed, you know, people say it stemmed from what happened on Monday. And yes, that part of, part of it is true, but it stems from 
way more things than just what happened to George Floyd. And not going to get into tactics, tactics used in the protests, whether they're peaceful or not, whether, you know, the, the, the riots, everything else. I, I look at those as two separate issues. I'm not looking at those as, as the same. And it is, you know, it's sad when just from a standpoint of being an outsider looking in and seeing the people that are more concerned about buildings burning down and things being stolen than what the real issue is here. I'm not saying I'm for buildings being burned down and things being stolen. It is, it's hard when you see a news report and a lady is talking about the store she goes to to get groceries, to get you know her medical supplies and things like that. Of she's not able to do that now. That that is an issue. Yeah, and the same lady said that that she wishes she was dead. Like she feels like her whole world has been torn out from underneath her. So again, I'm not. We're not saying that we're for the looting, the rioting, things like that. However, I do think that if it it makes your blood boil more to see buildings burn than it does to see somebody being murdered. That's an issue. Definitely. And that's, it's sad because you see it all over social media. Even the, so the, the racial profiling that you see too, of just, we live in a smaller, I'd say it's considered rural community. Rural community. And a city next door, I stopped at a gas station and I could see across the parking lot of some black, they looked like teenagers or, or young adult men outside of a sandwich shop. And the sheriff's department was there and they were all standing around them talking. I didn't know what was going on. I went in the gas station, came back out. They're still there. A couple of them had sandwiches in their hands. And then, then they left and I thought that the uh, uh, deputies left as well. And then I was leaving, and I, I drove down the, the street, and then I saw those same uh, young adult men, teenagers, sitting uh, by their car in a parking lot, just talking. And then on the other side of the parking lot, the deputies just, like, watching them. And to me, it was like, it looked like racial profiling, whether it was the law enforcement making that decision or if somebody called, I don't know if something, you know, valid reason that they were there. But me on the outside looking in and knowing what's going on, it, it did not look appropriate. And here's the thing, like we want to do this podcast because we want to acknowledge that racism does exist and we know nothing about it. Just like, Thaddeus doesn't know what it's like to be um, sexualized as a woman, you know, or whatever. But we don't know anything about it because we don't have, we're, we're white, obviously, but. Well, and, and as Christians, it, it, one of our biggest callings is to love. Right. And just because we can't understand what it is in the extent of, of people's pain and their sufferings, it doesn't mean we can't stand with them or stand up for them. First John uh, 4, uh, 19 through 21 says, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. 
For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. There's nothing in the word of God talking about race of, you know, uh, you're white, you have to love your white brother and sister. It, it's it's talking about you need to love everyone. I love it in Galatians as a as a woman minister, I love Galatians 3:28 that says there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We're all we're all sons of God. We're all children of God and um we need to look at each other that way and not stereotype each other separately. However, we still need to acknowledge because here's the thing. I think to live in unity and peace and loving our neighbor and so on, we have to acknowledge that there is racism in the world and there's injustices in the world and there's such a thing as white privilege and there's discrimination and there are people who are disenfranchised. I think to have peace and unity and love for our neighbors, we need to understand the hurt and their story and their pain that they are going through. Just like I would hope if somebody was going to be my friend, they would want to know my story, my hurt, my pain. It doesn't mean that they love me any less or they don't want to have peace with me or unity with me just because I have a story. And that is the same thing in the situation for us to truly have, I think, a culture of peace and be a church of unity and one body. All of this, we need to truly understand that there is racism in the world and there is hurtful things in the world and there is injustices being done. And how can you have, how can we be be a people of justice, acknowledging that there is injustice. There's always going to be someone who, as an outsider, is going to look at a situation and is going to say, well, we don't know all the facts or, you know, oh, the video only showed this much. What happened before it? Or, uh, well, they need the, you know, to have a free, um, not free, a fair trial, fair, you know, everything. We also need to realize, yes, those people are going to say those things. But at the same time, if someone's being arrested, they need to have a fair trial. They need to have a fair everything as well. They can't be using excessive force on them or anything like that. And and completely honestly, even if George Floyd had his pockets full of weapons and he had just murdered somebody, he still had the right to be treated humanely. Yes, there, there's so there, there's no justification for actions, in there, my opinion. I mean, even in recent recent times, protesters who wanted to get their hair cut, you know, and are upset about freedoms and they go to the government uh, officials. I think it was in Michigan with assault rifles and things, and they're screaming in, in the faces of the law enforcement and nothing's done to them. And you look at those pictures and it's it's white men. And then you see the stark contrast, and it's it's very hard to for me to look at that as uh, an okay thing. It's very hard for me to give credibility when people make excuses for it. And so, how do we bring about change? Like, how do we as citizens and Christians help to bring about change in our society? And I think acknowledging that racism is real, it is, it exists, it is thriving, is important. Acknowledging our 
our own hearts and, and searching our own hearts to see if we have prejudice in us or racism in us, and then surrendering those things to God, I think is a good starting point and something we can do in this moment as we're listening, as we're in this podcast together, that is just something that is, is super tangible right now, but where do we go from here? Yeah. Acknowledgement is a big, it doesn't sound like much, but it is the first thing that needs to happen. Right. We as a church need to stop rejecting the fact that racism exists. And we as a culture, not just the church, need to, if somebody is trying to peacefully protest and we don't like the way that they're doing it, that doesn't mean we can't, you know, that we have to not listen to what they're protesting about. If you don't like the way they do it, that's fine. But if they're protesting, you need to like actually understand what they're protesting. Right. And here's the thing. I feel like as believers, we can understand this because I think one thing that I've grappled with in my life is that the majority of people are good people. So I'm going to say that the majority of people protesting are good people and we're there with great intent and putting all the, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but putting all those aside, I'm going to say the majority of the people at these protests were there with healthy, right motives to take steps forward. And so um, we can't lump that together just like I would not want to be lumped together with those crazy Christians that I don't even can't think of their name and probably we shouldn't use it. But the crazy Christians that are out there throwing things at at military people's funeral, at gay weddings, at at anything that is extreme. I wouldn't want to be just because I'm a Christian lumped together with those people. Yep. At the same in the same comparison, I know people will say not all cops are bad cops. And I fully agree with that. However, those good cops need to continue to acknowledge and stand up for these these issues. And invoke change. And invoke change. I'm not saying that all cops don't do that. You'll see things on social media of good things of cops going to rallies um, in other states that have come out of this ordeal. And whether you believe those to be true and um, all, all honesty, right things that they're doing or if they're just doing it to look good, I don't care. The fact that they're out there and doing it, that is the change that needs to happen in these situations. We have to acknowledge it. We need to find a way to help. And that's going to be different for every single person, depending on where you live and, and what's around you in your culture. But just standing by silently is not going to do anything. Right. We need to come up with a better way to handle this because clearly what we have been doing isn't working. I'll say this as well. I know for me personally, when things happened with Philando Castile a couple of years ago, and there's many others as examples as well, I was in a band and a couple of my band members were very outspoken and I was not. I maybe silenced them a little too much, maybe because in a retrospect of what they posted in relation to the band or what we did on stage or anything like that. Me personally, I look back at it and I feel like I maybe should have just either joined them or let them do their thing. I don't like to have confrontation personally right? and putting myself out there in it could be confrontation. I don't know what the people that uh, I'm 
quote unquote friends with on social media will think of certain things. And maybe I'm too guarded in that respect, but I'm taking this step right now to acknowledge these things and to hopefully maybe shine a light that someone else hasn't thought of. Good. Revelations. Like people keep saying, keep seeing posts, like we're in the end times and who knows? I have no idea what God's plans and his purposes are and what God is doing but I know I have faith and I trust in him. And I love in Revelations, it talks about a few different areas, but Revelations 7, 9 is what I'm going to read. It says, after this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one can count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne, before the lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And here's the thing, guys, this is what it is. Every tribe, every people, every language, we cannot separate or we cannot be avoiding the fact that people are different or, or whatever, because everybody is different. And that's what's so beautiful. And so when every nation and every tribe and every people and every language will one day stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we will worship God together. And we have glimpses of that here on earth. And it is a beautiful thing. So let's embrace that we are different. Let's embrace that we can be different and have unity. Let's embrace that sometimes our differences have caused wedges. And let's embrace that sometimes our differences we've been attacked for, we've been treated unfairly. But let's embrace that unity. Let's love each other through it. Let's learn each other's stories. Let's hold each other a little bit closer. Let's weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. Let's take their burdens upon our hearts. Let's take other people's pain and hurts and let's feel them and let's sit in them and let's cry for them and mourn for them and pray for them and and approach the throne of God on behalf of people and on behalf of their pain and cry out to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings to bring change because we can do what we can do in our humanness and in our and who we are. But really, if we want to see change, we got to go before the throne of God. So I'm sure we made a lot of mistakes and said a lot of things wrong to a lot of different people, no matter your viewpoint on this, but we want to be a voice for the voiceless. We want to be a, a, a breath for people who don't have the breath in them, that their breath was taken from them too soon. And so we're, we're sharing this and we hope that if you like this, you'll share this with people you love and, and hope that maybe they can take something from it too. And if you have a question or comment or a prayer request, or if you don't agree with something we said, or you're in agreement with something we said, let us know. And you can email us at info at fallenshortpodcast.com. And again, this is a 20-ish minute podcast. And w- there's so much more that we could say about this, but we we... Also didn't want to just, because we are only allotting ourselves this much time, we didn't want to just gloss over it either. So again, this is a, we're not saying we're going to keep talking about this next week or anything like that. This is a, we're acknowledging this. We hope that we can be a voice in this. uh, And we hope that in turn, those of you listening and hopefully gain some some knowledge from this and some different aspect of a viewpoint from this. And to see change, we have to bring change and be change and teach 
change to our children. And so know this, we are teaching our kids. Yep. It, it's never too uh, soon or too late to say something. And as we're raising our children, we need to raise them and teach them the ways of our Lord and not the ways of man. All right, guys, until next week, I'm Thaddeus. And I'm Trish, and we love you guys.